Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 3-0 Take, presented by SeatGeek. This is episode 349. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. Party time. Welcome to the weekend. I feel good. How you feeling? You look good, man. You got the new bundle of merch. New bundle new of merch gear. is in. Yeah. Basically the weekend. It's just, it's a, it's a time to feel good. What a time to be alive. And the Oakland A's are going to Las Vegas, baby. Did we call it or did we call it? I mean, all I'm going to say is that the last episode we recorded, episode 348, we went in on the Oakland days and their possum, uh, it's not even a mishap. It, they encouraged this. And side note, it was brought to my attention that the possum has been there. Like they've had possum issues dating back to like the early 2000s, I believe possibly longer than that i i haven't looked up looked up the data but all i'm gonna say is we went in on the possums last episode and then we wake up to the news this morning that they're getting out of town and what a what a cowardly move to drop this the espn article that i was reading today was published at like 1 40 in the morning yeah what a like don't dump that you've already you've already stuck it to the fan base enough like don't drop this news at midnight why why not before the season though like at least squeeze like every ounce you can out of your last season in oakland like why why not like i don't i'm also kind of bummed it's not new ownership you know like it, you're just going to bring your same old, same old over to Vegas. You know what I mean? Are you going to be more willing to spend money now? Like I, I believe the I same is sell. putting lipstick on a pig. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're doing here with the Oakland yeah. days. You're taking a garbage product. You're taking an ownership group you're you're taking an organization that just isn't willing to take the step steps multiple steps need to be taken if you're the Oakland A's to be competitive and it starts at the top so moving locations sure little flash here little flash there maybe some new jerseys and a shiny new ballpark but at the end of the day Lipstick on a pig. Apparently possums are also an issue in Nevada. <laughs> so, so this is this is what Nate is researching <laughs> this for you, what I for wanted you to people. Look up. This is this is what he's doing for you. Also, you know what? Before we go any more down the road of uh Las Vegas and, and the news surrounding that. I just want to have a I just want to have a conversation with Oakland A's fans. 
I'm going to pull up some numbers here because, you know, I think maybe as non Oakland A's fans, we've been bamboozled by Oakland A's fans. We've been, we've been speckledorfed. It's been, it's been a number of years now that we've been told the Oakland A's have a passionate fan base. The Oakland A's fans love their team. They love their city. Okay, well, I dug a little deeper into that. And I would like to share some numbers. All right, so you look at the you look at the Oakland A's, you look at the last few years, you go, okay, it's understandable that they may have 15 fans at a game each day. Mm-hmm. Team's not good. Team has the the most uninspired lineup I've ever seen. Not competitive. Possibly. Possibly. You go, okay. I'll let it slide. I can understand why fans aren't showing up. What makes fans show up to the ballpark? A team that wins baseball games. Mm. So I said, let's look at the numbers of when the A's were competitive and did have a winning ball team. And did go on to the postseason. Okay. So I'll I'll give you guys the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we're not even going to look at 2020 because that doesn't even fit into this conversation. But that was the last time the, the team made the postseason. But we're going to skip past that. Their attendance in 2019, in which they lost the wild card game, which I believe that was the Yankees wild card game. No? Or was that 18? No, that wasn't. Which year I was the Yankees wild card? I think that was 18. Liam opened that game. Yeah. I think it was 18. I think you're right. And Judge hit a, a first inning home run to left. That's where beers went crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was 18. 18 yeah, because Sox won the division that year. So that would have been and 18. You're right. 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 18. Yep. Their average attendance... In 2019, was 20,000. They were in the wild card game in 2018. Average attendance was 19,000. You go down the list of years in which they have made it to the postseason, aka had a competitive team, had a competitive. I was going to say, like, getting the wild card for the A's is basically like any other team winning the division. That's their World Series. Yeah. You look at the numbers, not inspiring at all. You go back all the way to 2000. They made it to the division series. That's like a step beyond the World Series for them. That's the early 2000s A's were, that was a pretty good, pretty good team. Yeah. They made a movie about it. 2000, they made it to the American League Division Series. Their average attendance was under 20,000. They had some dudes in 2000. Some dudes. Some dudes. You're going back to like big names. And I say again, their average attendance was under 20,000. So don't try to tell me. Yeah, I'm not. Like, I'm not don't say, don't even, don't like, and I get the, I get the money ball aspect of it. And it's like, well, Ownership just isn't willing to to spend the money. It's like, okay, it's a sad reality, but let's not just completely crap on the team when they have a competitive 
roster and they're yeah. going to the playoffs. They're going to the wild card. They're going to the division series. They're going to the championship series, such as they did in 2006. The, the proof is right there. I'm looking at the numbers, not inspiring at all. You look at a fan base that, that I'm going to tread lightly here. I'm not, I, I understand there is a percentage of Oakland A's fans that do genuinely love this team. They're going to hate to see the team go. But let's look at a team like the Cardinals. I was looking at the, just as an example, I was looking at the Cardinals numbers through the roof, dude. Like, to, I, I think it was like top five, top six, maybe across all of baseball year over year. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I, I don't want to hear it from Oakland A's fans. And, and I, I, I heard about this, this uh, proposed boycott reverse boycott did you hear about that like that would any have any effect i well this was this was prior to the news from last night this i heard this oh like i know but earlier like the week they're still losing money with twenty thousand fans you're still losing money every day so boycotting doesn't do anything you don't have a big enough impact this team's been doomed for a while. Stadium's doomed. Organization is doomed. From Front Office Sports on Twitter, Oakland A's fans are planning a reverse boycott on June 13th, packing Oakland Coliseum to show that fans, quote, are not the problem. And then the next line down, the A's have been outdrawn in attendance by every one of their minor league affiliates at least once this season. Which is fine. Again, I go back to my point. I get it. This team absolutely sucks. But then we look at the years in which the team makes a postseason. The numbers aren't much better. They're not much better. Yeah. So I don't want to hear about how it's the product that's on the field. Because when there is a, a team that's worth watching that's on the field, you still don't show up to games. So I don't want to hear it from Oakland A's fans anymore. Sorry, your team's getting out of town. That's just the reality of it. It sucks. And then I wanted to ask you about this because you're more like you're more of the multi-sport fan more than I am. But I was looking at some of the numbers of uh, the attendance numbers of the Raiders mm -hmm. since they made the move to to Vegas, as mm -hmm. well as the the Knights who I can't even remember when they when they uh, started up in Vegas, but their within, attendance number within like ten years for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their attendance numbers are solid. I look specifically at the Raiders, um, and I want to say that since they've had, I believe that the they got there in twenty one, or they announced it in twenty. I believe their first season in Vegas was twenty one, and the last two seasons, I believe they've been over sixty thousand. On yeah. average, I looked at their tenure in Oakland going back to, I think as early as 2008, they never reached 60,000 on average in any of those years. Look, Vegas is, I, I think what's cool is that you're going to have, you're going to have the, the ability for fans to travel there. Um, it's, it's a destination where. You can it can kind of make a weekend out of it. Um, 
I just, I, I don't know. I, I just want new owners. Because that issue is still there. It's going to travel with you. Just like the possums. There, it's still going to be a problem. Are you changing your GM? Are you going to stop getting fleeced on every trade? No. I don't think any of that's going to change. So, I, I don't know. I, you're going to have to have more than just a state-of-the-art facility. You're going to have to have a, a better product. You're going to have to spend money, most importantly. You're going to have to spend. And Vegas is a pretty good baseball area for, for the youths. You know what I mean? For the youngins. So For the youths. Youths. So... You know, I, I like the idea of that. It's just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to imagine a different mentality, and I, I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. But maybe this is like a, like a, like a, you know, like the sign and trade deals. Like you make it, you sign a free agent and then trade them right away. Maybe this is like a, we're signing to lock it in in Vegas, and then we, and then we sell I don't know but I, I I just I'd like to see more success come out of out of the the relocation yeah and like I was saying you know the whole the whole lipstick on a pig thing while that's true you need you something needs to give and if that means relocating so be it like yeah some I mean, we know look, we that know one wrong. thing's for certain. It's not yeah. working in Oakland. Right. Yeah. So switch it up. Switch it up. Spend some money. Redo everything. I'm imagining a a V and an A logo. You know what I mean? The V and then the A like that. What do you think? Isn't that like the logo for the Freemasons? Could be, but I think there's going to be something involved there. LVA? <laughs> Hold on. Do you want to see a color change? Yeah, dude, that you just perfectly described the Freemasonry All right. logo. All right, well, let me just alter it a little bit. Do the Freemasons get in Possibly. on the ground level Maybe with, they the, with ownership? Should they Maybe sell? it already happened. Maybe it already happened. Maybe know. they're playing chess while we're playing checkers. We might be Probably. we might be behind the eight ball here. Do we do we see a color change? I want black to be more in with them. Look, I know it's I know it's lazy because I mean the, the knights already took this route, but I'm perfectly okay with black and gold. Yeah. Like some cities, they just that's the the pirates, for example, black mm -hmm. and yellow, black and gold. Like w when these different teams are designing their their logo concepts and and uniform sets, it's like we could try to be creative here, but why not just go with what works? Like let's go with what our city is. And Vegas to me is one of those places. It's just a like black and gold. It just makes sense. So like don't, silver too. Follow the silver readers. too. Yeah, any any of those colors. Just don't don't try to. Think outside the box too much, but some uh, back uh, back information here. 
little uh you did some research some numbers here did yeah some digging what was i trying to say just there backstory some why did it back information's not a thing i don't think so i don't, I don't think that's i don't know phrase. why i said that uh the oakland a's have signed i feel like i should have opened with this the oakland a's have signed a binding agreement to purchase land near the las vegas strip where they intend to construct a major league ballpark uh sounds like it'll be around 1.5 billion which is if it ends up being 1.5 billion will be half a billion less than what it took to construct nate help me out with the raiders part uh stadium is that allegiant sure i think so but i mean that's that's like a they built that with the knowledge that like they're gonna do concerts and stuff in there oh no no for sure for sure but i'm just yeah i'm just putting into perspective that's all yeah Uh, it'll be it'll seat about thirty five thousand. which while i'm sharing this information can you pull up uh capacity across major league baseball i want i'm curious where that where that falls uh what what was the number Thirty five thousand. and they'll have a partially retractable roof oh uh dave is it caval Team president said the A's hope to break ground by next year and would hope to be moved into their new home by 2027. Although I saw that their lease with the Coliseum ends in 2024, at the end of 2024. So you said 30,000 30, even? 35. 35. That'll put them 200, well, 170 more seats than progressive. For, for Cleveland. It on the well, list of thirty, where would that fall? Like are we middle rank, of the pack here? That would rank twenty ninth. Thirty five thousand? Mm-hmm. That would I rank don't know second to last capacity very well. Well, it makes sense. Uh Fenway is thirty seven. Just give you a little I did know that one. Yeah. A little frame of reference there. Lone Depot for Miami is at also thirty seven. And Progressive's at thirty four. Oh, oh, I, I mean, I knew, I knew Fenway. I should have known that it was going to be a small park. Yeah, yeah. 35. But that would be, and I, I don't, I, I think I'm fine with that number. Like you're, you go into a new city and like you're already kind of struggling with a fan base. Uh, it doesn't make sense to, to have. I mean, they're literally, they're literally going from number one to second to last because Oakland is number one with 56. I love it. And change. I love it. What's uh out of curiosity, what's PNC? Because they got a nice intimate park. I love PNC. PNC is also pretty small. They're at 38. Just above wow. Target Field and Kaufman. I would have not had them higher than Fenway. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, about a thousand. It more. felt tiny when I was there. Um Yeah, but like I was saying, I don't really know how how well uh, those leases work, but it sounds like there's going to be some sort of gap that needs to be filled, uh, whether an extended lease or temporary le- relocation. I don't know how those things work, so I do not have the answers. But if the lease ends in 2024 and they hope to be there by 2027, something's got to give. But all in all, it's it was just time. You you said it last episode. Just go. The history, like whatever. Yeah. It like. Something needs to change. And you can't just hold is- on to that. You know what I mean? No. You can't just hold on to the nostalgia. So, yeah. All done. Finally. It's took you long enough. They said it won't happen until 2027, though. 
Yeah, they hope to break ground by 2024 and be in to the park by 27. I don't like that. Is there any, are there any, like, any stadiums out there? Like, anything? In Vegas? Yeah. Like, any, any, well, like, the minor league system, they, right? Yeah, that's where their AAA team's located, the uh, Aviators. Do they move? Yeah, I think, I think, like, legally they'd have to, because you, what's the, what's the, you can't have your minor league affiliates within, I think, is it like 50 miles from your big league club? It's something like that. Yeah. So move and if they're talking about moving years, to the strip. Here's what you do. You go steal AAA facility, use that, move them there next year. Just get that fan base going. Get like, you know what I'm saying? You can build up for this. Get a new, get a new jersey, get a new logo, like do all that stuff beef up the triple a park add some seating you know get it going a little bit and then yeah do that until your your new facility is ready and your new stadium is ready and then someone else can move in sell it i don't know how that stuff works i, I know, know they how... change they change cities all the time like sure yeah i just don't know how long that buzz like if with your scenario if you if you just we're like, screw it. We're going to the Aviators Park next year. Mm-hmm. You'd have to ride that buzz for 24, 25, and 26. I don't know if the magic lasts that long until you get into a new park. Might as well establish it. Just yeah. establish it. You know what I mean? Just get the get the hype going. I got something fun for you, though. What we got? I did a little research for the first time ever. Um, Possibly ever, yeah. I've got an all Nevada born lineup that I created. And I'm curious to see what you what I put the over under at tough. It's tough. I put the over under at 88 and a half games. Cause we're going all, to Vegas. Vegas likes to, you know, they do some betting out there, I think. So wait, can I guess a couple? Uh, no. I only know two that were born in Nevada, so it's I know it's fine. I know. Yeah, you're not. I think everyone knows those two. So I yeah, I've got technically you know three. You should know three, but um, I created a little lineup here that I'm just. What do you? I don't know what you think. If maybe we can get over what, or under eighty eight and a half wins. Just what your thought is there. All right. So. Um, starting at catcher and uh, this was tough. Cause like there weren't really many catchers on the list. And for those who aren't familiar, we have a little bit, you have a, a bigger connection to this guy than I do, but we both grew up watching him in some ways. Brandon Snyder was born in Vegas. Sure. Was. I should say Nevada. Um, I think, I'm not sure if it was Vegas. Some of these guys aren't in Vegas, but they're in Nevada. Um, yeah, born out there. So I've got him at, at catcher. For those who don't know, Brandon Snyder spent some time in the minor leagues, got a couple cups of coffee between the Orioles. No, not the Orioles. He didn't get anything with the Orioles. Yeah, with the Nationals. No, he, no, he made it up. He made it up with the Orioles. Um, Orioles, Rangers Nationals, too? Braves, Red Sox, 
Rangers. So he bounced around a little bit. Won, he won yeah. a ring with the with the Sox. Hmm. Yeah. Overall, pretty good baseball career. Better than any of us. First first rounder. Fifth, yeah. fifth, over, uh, fifth or 13th overall. I can't remember which one. So I got him catching. I got, I'm cheating a little bit here. And this is only based on rumors that he's going to do it. But I got Bryce Harper playing first base. Love that. Okay. Wait, to clarify here. did It's an all-time list. This isn't current. a knock towards Brandon Snyder. He's the, he's the meme god. It, you're telling me there's not another catcher? Not worth no. Really? Yeah. There's there were less than when I had this idea in my head, I was expecting wow. bigger names to choose from. But either way, this is a decent lineup. Bryce Harper at first. Garrett Hampson playing second base. He's uh with the Rockies. I think he's with the Marlins right now. Bryson Stott is gonna play short. Chris Bryant is gonna play third. I completely forgot about KB. Yeah. I was thinking Stott and Harper. Oh, I thought you were thinking KB. No. Um, so yeah, KB at third, Joey Gallo in left. Hate to do it, but Tommy Pham in center. Oh wow. Didn't know he was a Vegas guy. And then I got a couple of throwback names for you. Nate Shearholtz. Remember him? The Giants? Sure don't. He's gonna be out in right. Really? You don't remember that name? How do you spell it? S C H I E R H O L T S or uh, T Z. No, definitely not. Who did he play for? You said Giants, Cubs. No batting gloves. Don't remember that. Don't remember that. It was like the mid two thousands, I think. And then uh, Barry Zito as our ace. Love that. Not bad, right? So over under eighty eight and a half wins. Yeah, true. Uh, I'm very confidently taking the under. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. 88 and a half? Yeah. 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 That was it. The rest of the names were eh. Wow. That's... There's something new every day, man. You had, I some, you had some relievers mixed in. You had, I mean, Tyler Anderson was really the only like other notable starter that I saw. I yeah, went to baseball take- almanac. So like they there's some nerds over there for sure. Yeah, Anderson's not taking the ball over Zito, so No. Not yeah. at all. Couple all of all though, on that team though. Yeah, for sure. All in all though, this is it's been a long time coming. I'm just I think I was reading something today that said that it's just time to bring this saga to an end. And I I can't agree more like whether you hate the move whether you love the move something needed to happen like something needed to change and i'm just glad we're done talking about it like i'm glad we're done throwing out the waterfront renderings of a ballpark in oakland or by the what is it the howard terminal whatever i'm just move the team and let's move on. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done talking about the A's and mm-hmm. the Coliseum and possums. I just, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm with you. So all right, this, this makes it feel like it's almost a bit of a lock for Portland, Nashville, Charlotte, Raleigh. Those, those four cities, I think, just got a little bit happier 
with yeah. expansion teams. Yeah. You know? And I think we all know that, like, I it, I think they're trying to get to 32. So I think we're going to have two new yeah. teams added fairly soon. We're going to have a – baseball's going to look different. By the time the A's are officially in Vegas, we're going to have, like, a complete – overhaul of our divisions of our league like everything is going to look different everything teams are going to be reconstructed and it's going to be weird but that's what that's what old robbie manfred does well i was going to save this for later in the episode but seems like a, a good good transition here talking about changing the game let's talk about the atlantic league rules that will be uh kicking into gear uh, is it immediately or is it next sure. year i don't know i don't Probably know now so wanted to get your thoughts on the three um i don't know if they're the only rule changes that they're the this next batch that they're implementing or if there's more beyond the three but these are the three the headline worthy ones uh we got the designated pinch runner we've got the pitcher limit of a single disengagement Per at bat, and then we've got the double hook DH rule. Designated pinch hitter is what it sounds like. Uh, it's a guy who will not be in the lineup, but is available to use at any point in the game. The the guy who is subbed out, as well as the pinch runner, could return to the game. What are your thoughts on this? I gotta be honest, I don't. I don't fully hate it. I don't fully hate it. I think I don't like the any time thing. I think it needs to be assigned. Cause like, I I mean, I, some of us out here have coached, you know, before and I you coach youth baseball or you coach high school baseball. Like a lot of times you have, you have that pinch runner designated for like your catcher or, you know, something like that. So, courtesy runner is what they called it and yeah you know youth stuff so i i don't hate it i don't like the idea of it being interchangeable and like using it for anybody that you want i think it needs to be designated to like he needs to run for the catcher no matter what or he needs to run for our first baseman no matter what and that needs to be decided before the game when you write the lineup but i don't I don't hate the fact that it's it's involving more of your bench. It's making you think of your bench a little bit more. So I I don't oddly enough I don't hate it. I I think it's something that would would invite more creative juices with with certain guys and you know, I think you can get some excitement out of certain guys and like you see uh, Billy Hamilton, I think is like the first name that comes to mind Sure, where it's like, you know, pretty much struggled his whole career in the box. And, and he still has this extremely athletic attribute that can, can provide some positive stuff for a team. So it's, it's kind of neat. It's a little different. Now, are you going to have that guy just, throughout the year never getting ABs and only being that pinch run role 
you know, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but you talk about everybody loves these like these half day offs, right? Where you have like your superstar position player that you give them a half day off by giving them a DH role. Um, I, I think it, I think it could be kind of unique. It's strange, but I don't, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm okay with it. I don't love it, but of the three, I think that's the one I would be willing to accept. Yeah. Um, I would probably agree. That's probably where I'm at on the scale. Um, I think this is helpful in further breaking. I no, I don't even want to say breaking the mold because I, I think it's more of just it's it's less breaking the mold and more reverting back to what the game was with 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 multiple outcome uh hitters players mm-hmm. just aspect to the game it invites a lot of athleticism back invites a lot of athleticism you you and i think they did a choose my words carefully here i think with the the bigger bases thing whether or not you like it i think they did a good job of achieving their goal of what mm-hmm. they wanted to do by increasing offensive productivity offensive productivity uh, welcoming speed back, welcoming mm-hmm. that 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 risk taking. Right, the risk versus um, reward has been, uh, yeah, it's been balanced out a little bit better. Right, and so with the with the with the pinch runner thing, you are, like I said, you're you're adding that that elements of uh, you're 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 getting away from the guys who are just going to go up there and try to mash. Mm-hmm. Because there for a while, we saw it for for a number of years, that that was all we really had to watch. Yeah. But now that you're you're changing uh, some elements related to speed, to base running, to to like you said, the athleticism, I think you at the end of the day, you're creating new jobs for guys that right. other like you were saying, otherwise aren't necessarily yeah, gonna get the A Bs and everything. So but- I we were just talking. It. We were just talking before we hopped on about JD Martinez, someone that's like he's he's always produced everywhere he's gone. Yes, he's lost some pop. I, that's like a perfect example to me. You know what I mean? Like he is there to hit. I don't want to see him do anything else. I don't want to try to see. I don't want to see him try and play. You know any other position. I don't. It's not fun to watch on the base path. So it's like that's your guy. That's who you run for. Um. I'm okay with it. It does create an extra job. And when you think about like, I think the perfect comparison is, is think of like a kick or punt returner in football that he's just so good at that. Like there's arguments for trying to get Devin Hester into the hall of fame because of how dominant he was at that role as a wide receiver. Yeah. You know, like he, he had his time, but like nothing spectacular. Imagine that being there for baseball. You know what I mean? Like someone that's just so good at that role and does have a chance to to win that job. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Oddly enough, I'm, I'm all right with it. Man, this is a new day. Look at us. Yeah, and like, and I, I remember the conversations we were having when Edgar Martinez was on the fence uh, or kind of in limbo 
uh, in terms of getting into the Hall of Fame. And I think both of both of us agreed that you can't punish somebody for taking an element of the game that you've created, mm-hmm. a facet of the game that you've created and it incorporated into the game, the everyday aspect of the game, that individual does the job exceptionally well, better than most, if not all of the people that have tried that position, attempted to play in that position. And then you punish him for it by saying, well, the nature of his job limited to him, limited him to just this. He wasn't able to do this. And by yeah. this, I mean fielding. It's like, okay, well, then if that's the case, then get rid of the designated hitter and yeah. don't complain about when attendance numbers are down because the offense isn't there. Because you yeah. have a guy swinging a wet newspaper in the ninth hole every right. time the lineup comes around. So in that same vein, if you are going to try to incorporate some sort of pinch runner rule, I think it's cool because it gives a guy an opportunity to do something he's really good at, and that's run fast. Mm-hmm. Because those guys exist on these major league clubs, but oh, you just don't see them. For, them. We've seen them for decades. Guys that are just brilliant at that role that aren't necessarily able to get an a everyday starting job with the rest of their skill set. Right. And so you don't see them on a daily basis. But if you do something like this, you invite that element of the game. And you could make the argument... I don't know if this is where they're going, but it's kind of how I'm putting pieces together here. You could make the argument that that would grow the game at the younger levels because you've got guys who, and we played with guys like that, that are just oh, yeah. incredibly, incredibly fast, but they don't feel like they have a a, a fit mm-hmm. in the game because, well, they, and if you recall, those kinds of kids that we played with growing up, more times than not, they wouldn't have the arm. They wouldn't have the pop because mm-hmm. they were, smaller maybe a little little lankier but they had the speed the speed was there so you're just creating or again yeah i I don't even want to say create you're 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 digging back into the history of the game and bringing back an element of the game that i think was always there but tapered off over the last however many number of years and i think that potentially could be good but I think to clarify with what we were talking about before about like the the current changes that we're seeing this year and and the added offensive productivity, I I I think you and I can both agree that I would have been fine with just leaving it at the bigger bases. No pitch clock. Don't need that. Yeah. Limited pickoffs, don't need that. Like just bigger bases. That's fine. I'm cool with that. We're seeing it already make a difference. So I'm not going to sit here and say we're all on board for all changes, but I think this is one that I don't, I don't hate. I'm okay with it. The single disengagement per at bat. Stupid. Very stupid. Why? Why? We've already seen, I don't, I don't know when when this idea was formulated. I don't know if this was formulated after they saw how the two disengagements thing ha- has worked thus far because we've already seen that it's basically a cheat code for guys on base. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you limit it to one, it 
there's even less that goes into the guessing game of like when this guy's going to go, he's going to go immediately after the first disengagement. So like, I really hope that doesn't manifest or, or develop into anything because I'm already not on board with the two. The one would just make it a, a, a cakewalk for guys on base. Uh, one thing I was curious about that I don't, I don't know. Well, I didn't really dig into it, but when you get like a guy in first, like I was obviously I was watching the Yankees game last night, and you saw Volpe get on first pickoff attempt at bat finishes. He's still there. Does it reset to? two pickoff attempts or does that one you know what i mean like how does that happen with an with an ab ending i think it's per at bat so i think it would reset all right that makes me feel a little better but But still still one stupid that's crazy the uh the double hook dh rule i think this is the stupidest of them all the worst it's the worst so for those who don't know the double hook the quote double hook designated hitter rule allows teams to use a DH throughout the game as long as the starting pitcher throws at least five innings. If that does not occur, then the team loses its DH and the pitcher spot would bat for the remainder of the game. I saw a what comment are- on it that made just all the sense in the world. This rule is created for Otani. Can we all agree? Like I don't think this shock in the world anybody. This this rule was created for him. Why even risk? having him on the field less. Why even? He yeah. Is, how stupid can you be? If you're major league baseball, we've got this guy number one attraction right now, the face of the sport. And we're going to incorporate a rule that could that risk could lead, losing him. That you're could lead to the possibility of him not being on the field injury, a bad day, just giving up six or seven in the first inning. You know and It's like, no dude, don't mess with that. Stop. Like and and especially if two way players are going to continue to be a thing and be more accepted, allow that guy to still be productive, allow that guy to still find a way to impact the game in a positive way. If you don't have it on the bump, but you have it at the dish, at least you're still helping your team. This is like a double. It's a double negative. I don't like it. I think it's going to be already hard enough to find major league capable two-way players it's already going to be a big enough challenge it's not going to be common enough but i see where they're trying to still hold on to maybe some of the strategy that everyone's missing from the old nl to where you have to almost have that safety net of having your bench I don't know. Right. But, but again, I, what I'm lost at is like, say, say Otani goes three innings, gets pulled, DH gone. Does a pitcher have to hit? Do you pinch hit the rest of the way out? Are we wanting to see pitchers back in the box? Because this is almost like a reversal of the universal DH. That's what I'm saying. Like, who approved this in Major League Baseball to to even have the possibility of being introduced to Major League Baseball after we just got done talking about, oh, like, with this whole lockout thing, we just got done talking about how one side's pushing for the universal DH, the other side, like, 
I, I don't understand why you would then go against that, go against everything that all, all the points that were made, all the efforts that were made to make this happen. And yeah. I, I think we can look at the majority of baseball fans and say, this was probably for the better. You don't see Bryce Harper do what he did last year. If this situation mm -hmm. isn't the way it is in terms of a universal DH, there's been multiple scenarios in which certain guys aren't getting the ABs. Certain moments aren't being created without the universal DH. I think it's just light years ahead of where it was with the, with the yeah one league versus the other. Yeah. So why would you go against that? The only, only single thing that you can argue is that this is incentivizing longer starting pitching performance. Sure. Which yeah, I can get on board with. If there is a way to create a consequence for that, I, I definitely get it. But why punish the 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 most popular player in baseball right now? Why punish teams for maybe trying to duplicate that and find that guy in their system that is capable of doing, or drafting a guy? I mean, how many? I you you talk about how many how many starting pitchers do you see in baseball now that were like have hold like state records for their high school hitting? You know what I mean? Like they're still they had that athleticism. Now they've kind of lost it. I'd I'd love I would absolutely love to see a guy get on the bump every fifth day and then go play shortstop the rest of the week. How sick would that be? You know what I mean? So like you're you're I would I want to see more of that. Show me that baseball is capable of that. Don't incorporate this to where it's going to cause more caution with organizations to be less likely to have a two-way player. I feel like I need to backtrack, though, on the incentivizes longer starts because if you look at the the rule, you only have to throw five innings, which I know I may be a boomer to some, but like five innings should be the bare minimum mm -hmm. for a traditional starting pitcher. Like, forget what the Rays are doing Forget what this club or that club's doing. The majority of starting pitching, assuming they fall under the, the traditional umbrella, should at the bare minimum be going five. I would maybe even go, I would even maybe say four. I'm picturing this rule in the, in the first two months of every season. Pitchers who aren't ready, pitchers who are still getting geared up for the season still getting lengthened out maybe a guy comes freshly off the il and you haven't had an 85 pitch limit there's too many other factors to this that it affects i hate it, it and not work. to mention we mentioned uh, i mentioned the rays if there is this shift in baseball which i hope is not the reality but i don't have the data in front of me so i don't really know like where this sport is really headed in this regard but if the philosophy across Major League Baseball is falling more and more in line with what the Rays are doing and incorporating more bullpen days, incorporating more openers, incorporating more long relief guys getting that fifth day or sixth day, however however you're approaching your, your rotation, 
this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. And on the flip side, if, if it's going the other way and we're, we're hoping to see guys go longer in games. We're hoping to see guys go six, seven, even eight, even nine again, like they used to, which I don't think it'll go that far. But then you, that if you do that, you leave teams like the Rays out to dry. And these other teams that have maybe tried to transition to that philosophy of like the, the openers, the, this mm-hmm. and that, like it's, it's just, there's I think too there's much a, in the air with this. There's probably an easy way to incentivize it. And and like what if you provided like an extra challenge if your starter went more than five? You know what I mean? Like some some way to incentivize yeah. the length, not not punish the possible poor performance or possible injury. Because that's really the only two reasons why a guy, you know what I mean? Or the bullpen day. I hear you. That's a part of the game. So, like, if there is a way to incentivize it and give a positive outcome out of it that doesn't fully change the game, I think I'm all right with it. I hear you. But I think in all of these rule change conversations, we've lost sight of the fact that this is not backyard baseball. This is Mm -hmm. not a wiffle ball game being played in your backyard with the neighborhood kids to where you can just like build this a la carte product Mm -hmm. where, Hey, first base is that rock over there. Second base is that tree, even though it's Mm -hmm. not the same distance from first as it is to third. Uh, If the home run hits off of Mrs. Johnson window, it's a home run. But if it goes, around the house it's only a double like it's major league baseball we need to stop with like the this like customization like i said this a la carte to where we're like okay if we're going to incorporate this rule then then let's throw an added challenge or let's throw uh let's give the dh an extra two at bats if this happens (laughs) it's it it honestly feels like a a, an excel spreadsheet to where You've got like if then equations going to where like if this, this, this and this pan out, then this number is going to be spit out or this result is going to be spit out or this uh, option as a manager is spit out. But if this, this and this are met, but this isn't satisfied or this qualification isn't met, then you're forced to do this. It's like we've already seen with these some of these rules already like with the with the the pitch clock and the disengagement like at a certain point enough is going to be enough and it's mm-hmm. it's going to be too much but it's hard to I, teach these guys sure. are just bored i think at the end of the day and they're just like ah oh, let's see let's see what let's just throw out some rule options let's see what sticks yeah sorry that was got a little worked up there i get it only so only We're because okay. I can see ahead, I, I can see down the road, and I just know that this is not the end. We're not even close to the end of tinkering. It's just going to be a constant, a constant thing. Yeah, I think if it's like you know, bases loaded, no outs, you're not allowed to use a wood bat. You got to use a noodle, like a pool noodle. A pool noodle, yeah. I'll probably get tested in the Atlantic League soon. I think if they haven't started already. Yeah, or if you fall like 3-0 in the account, you then have to throw a tennis ball instead of a baseball. 
I can see it. You just keep the tennis ball on the back of the mound. That'll work. I'm trying to find my KC, my KC sarcasm. See if I did good there. So yes, we're sir. on board yes, with, <laughs> we're on board with. Hey, you, uh, we, we joke, but there, I guarantee you there's crap like that coming down the pipe. Stuff, like yeah. it's just <laughs> absurd changes that will completely I, destroy. Yeah, let's do that. You fall down 3-0, pitcher has to throw a tennis ball. You get the, the Big Mac Mark McGuire bat and good luck do your thing i'm with it all about it. it it's coming so we're possibly on board with the pinch runner hate the disengagement hate the double hook dh yeah double hook is is the worst to me the engagement, definitely the worst the engagement, the engagement feels like it's head that way anyway they're yeah. already doing the they're already limiting it so to me yeah. like i think it's stupid to to decrease it even further but if they've already done two, one isn't as much of a difference to me. Right. Uh, but the, the the DH is the worst, and the pinch runner I could I could get on board with. I, I'm I'm not like a fan of it necessarily, but cool. It it has potential. That's sure. where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, moving things along here because we went we went pretty hard deep. in the paint. We went on, hard on in the, the paint rules. on those last two topics. Uh, Max Scherzer. This was supposed to be like the leadoff here, but then we wake up to the news that the Oakland A's are no longer. And so we had to, we had to run with that off the top, but Max Scherzer, dude, this, this kind of shook up the, the baseball world a little bit. And for good reason, like there was a lot of, it didn't seem to line up very well. This is with, all fishy. With what happened, what Scherzer said, and with with what the umpire said, nothing really seemed to line up, and I'm genuinely confused myself. I'm confused too because I've heard stickiness inside the glove, wanted to swap out the glove, stickiness on the throwing hand, wash your hand. Well, well we're okay with it. Just go wash your hands. And not just wash it, use alcohol. Use alcohol to like, just like, that's intense. That's a yeah. lot. Didn't realize there's actually an MLB official down there watching you wash hands, which is crazy. Did not know that. Um, I, I, I don't understand the 10 game suspension. That is such a ridiculous, heavy hand. For something that it wasn't, number one, it wasn't obvious. Number two, if you have an official watching the washing of the hands, you got cameras on this guy 24-7. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to add illegal substances. If you're upset with how sticky sweat and rosin can get, then take rosin off the mound. Don't punish a guy for using it successfully. So I, it's all really weird. I don't think the 10 games are going to stand. Agreed? There's no way that's going to stand. Oh, no. I, I've read that. In fact, let me pull up the tweet. Um Uh, I read that there's not much of a chance for Scherzer at all 
to to win his appeal. John Harper on Twitter spoke to a source today who says Scherzer has zero chance of avoiding mandatory 10-game suspension from ejection. Source notes that 2023 MLB memo explicitly says rosin can be deemed an illegal substance if overused. That is uh, that it's not supposed to be applied anywhere but on the mound. I don't know, dude. I think they're so you're using, saying he was using a, rosin down in the dugout or possibly the clubhouse after he washed his hands. Possibly. I I genuinely think they're going to try to make an example out of Scherzer here. I don't. I mean, it's possible it, the news could come down today that he it gets reduced, but as it stands right now, not knowing the final result, my guess, my best guess would be that he doesn't. They're they're going all in on this guy. Time to come up. I said this two years ago. Time to come up with a universal, agreed-upon substance that pitchers can use. Hitters have 10 different types of pine tar in the, in the on-deck circle. All the grips and batting gloves that they need. You're giving all of these rule changes to help offensive numbers. You're doing nothing to help pitchers. Nothing. Not a single thing. Find something that works that is agreed upon. If rosin, I I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. If you know it's sticky, then why continue to use it? Why allow it? What? Where's the line? That's such a a blurry line. You're using it too much. You're not using it like what? You're not using it on the mound like you're supposed to. It's like that stupid rule that they finally eliminated where the the pitcher couldn't go to the mouth on the rubber or on the mound he had to leave okay so i'm going to take three steps into the grass and then i can lick my fingers these rules just they're they're strange and they don't add up and for once i'm on the pitcher side where i'm like you're removing all of these ways for a pitcher to succeed and wanting offensive numbers to to go up as much as possible uh <sighs> Give them something, but don't punish them for something that's already there. That's allowed to be used. What's crazy is that, what's crazy though, is they ejected him. I think it was what, after the, as he came out for the fourth, they got into like the, the heated argument, they eject him and they're talking to both sides after the game. And Scherzer said, I'd have to be an absolute idiot to try to do anything when I'm coming back out for the fourth inning. Uh, I think he was saying that the umpire said that my hand was too sticky. Phil Cuzzy, right? Yeah, and, and that Scherzer said, I swear on my kid's life that I'm not using anything else. This is sweat and rosin, sweat and rosin. He gets ejected. He's yelling out, this is rosin, yada, yada, yada. And he says, I don't get how I get it. I don't get how I get ejected when I'm in front of MLB officials doing exactly, exactly what you want. And being deemed my hands too sticky when I'm using legal substances, I do not understand that. The part that confuses me, the part that confuses me is they were talking to Dan Bellino, who I think was uh, the other umpire, right? Played, Yeah, he was a plate umpire. He comes out and says, as far as stickiness, that was the stickiest it had been since I've been inspecting hands, which goes back three seasons. So we're talking about like the beginning of this whole hand check process that they've implemented over the last few years going back to that point in time he said this was the stickiest it had been 
So fine. Somebody is fine, but he's still following the rules. I get, but somebody has to be lying here, right? Because you can't, I mean, I've, I've worked with rosin a little bit over the years, but I, I can't imagine a scenario in which you're creating a substance with sweat and rosin that's stickier than some of these other like intentionally illegal substances. Mm -hmm. I just can't, I can't fathom that. So like somebody's making something up here. I, I, I don't, I don't understand how Scherzer can be right. And that, Bellino and Cuzzy can also be right. I think we're headed for a ball change. Where we, we've talked about, I, I don't know if it's more than just Japan. I don't know if, if Korean baseball is doing the same thing, but they have like their pre rubbed up somewhat sticky substance that they already add to it. I wonder if we're headed for that. Just remove all things off the mound, and these balls are already, they have the substance on there. You have all the assistance you need. But at what point, I mean, like we're talking about not allowing guys to wear like sunscreen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know where the line is drawn. And also, this is like, it's more of an opinionated thing. How's that umpire feeling that day? It's just more of a God complex that we're getting out of these umpires. It's very, very subjective. Very, right. very Someone's going to feel a little different. Yeah. It's not universal. It's weird I mean, stuff. It's, it's weird God complex stuff. Much lower, lesser example. I was watching a Nestor start a couple weeks ago, and he has the 44 glove. Where it's got on the on the wristband right. the numbers four four right all forty four gloves for the most part that those numbers are white it's a white stitching so you had white stitching on a black glove. Home plate umpire comes out after the second inning and says uh uh-uh. uh you got to color that in. Goes in the dugout takes a black sharpie colors it in. I I haven't seen anyone else have to do that. Forty four gloves are all over the place. Pitchers have uh, all over the league. No one else has had to do that. These umpires, it doesn't make sense. If you, if you don't have the rule specifically written out and, and drawing that line, don't allow umpires to step over that. Don't allow umpires more power. Stop implementing yourself in the game just to have an impact. You're not there. We're not supposed to notice you. You're supposed to get your calls right, and you're supposed to walk off the field. That's it. Every uh, it's once a week that we have an umpire doing something that doesn't make any sense. Once a week the review doesn't work. Once a week we're worried about speeding up the game, and then the review takes five minutes to get the call wrong. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. I don't I don't know why umpires aren't able to answer press conferences. Why why can't we get actual answers? Why 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 is it subjective? Why do we have some umpires that are able to do stuff and some aren't? Like it it's all over the place. And it's a big issue and 
Everyone wants to change the product on the on the field, wants to change rules and players and in the game itself, but you're not looking at the main source that still can't figure it out, that still can't get it right. Over and over and over. And you stick with them. You stay with those umpires that continue to suck. They continue to be a problem year in and year out. Not good. I agree with you, but I'm not. And I hate to say it because I love Scherzer. I'm a big Scherzer guy. I always have been. But I, it's really hard for me to also just let him off the hook and just put all of the blame here on the umpires. Because again, it goes back to the, the, con, the, the, the belief that it's almost impossible, or I would, I would think it's impossible. Maybe it is possible depending on how much rosin you use. I just can't see a scenario in which an umpire looks at rosin and sweat and things play out the way that they do. Like, if you're Scherzer, you got to be doing something a little because guys sweat when they pitch every day. Mm-hmm. Minus the games that are like thirty degrees, they're sweating. They're they're all using rosin because what they're allowed to use is pretty limited. Rosin's pretty much your go-to if you're a pitcher, and it has been for a while. And rosin is made made to get rid of the slickness. That's the point of it. That's why it's basically chalk. Right. So, like, if you're Scherzer, I just have a, I have a really hard time. If these guys felt the need to bring it up on multiple occasions, eject you, and then have a, a uh, subsequent suspension, I have a hard time believing that if you're Max Scherzer, that you're just doing what you've always done or that you're doing what everybody else around the league is doing. I don't know. You see the way he reacted, though. Like, when he got tossed... He went in like this frantic, like looking around, like, I, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? And I think there's no, no, just I like get, this get body it. language you can read that it's like, I, I don't, I don't know if both, I don't know if he was innocent, but he definitely felt he was doing the correct thing. What's also weird is that Buck Showalter was like, once he got tossed, he immediately just shifts to Scherzer and pushes him off the field. The post game press conference he was saying i don't want to talk about it we're just going to leave it up and it's going to be decided it was all really weird yeah, i don't know who to believe cryptic after the game show walter was yeah and 10 games what i mean we're looking at two starts maybe three now that that'd be two i think i mean i don't know it just depends but for on... a guy like scherzer at his age i don't know i mean that could right. be could be a good thing. I don't, this early though, I don't know how much it would. Really you're talking help, about but. like the IL stint. He's finally back. Well, no, he's not. He, they don't get to put him on the IL. If no, no, no that's what I'm saying. He was on the IL earlier. Now he's back, and it's like you, you really this this whole situation Scherzer is kind was? of messing. Yeah, I think he started it. No, that was Verlander. I thought. I think he went on the IL for a stint. I don't remember that. I think there was a point where they were both down. Huh. Could be wrong. Well, anyway, um, yeah, we'll we'll see, man. I I don't like I said. I think it's going to come down to the ten games. I don't. It sounds like the Major League Baseball is making an example out of this, but 
we will see. But something that we don't have to wait on to see is whether or not Madison Bumgarner is going to get DFA'd because he has been in the news the last couple of days for all the wrong reasons. Uh, this whole scuffle, it's not even a scuffle. It's a, it's a joke is what it is. I'm, I told you this before we hopped on. I'm I'm done with the whole Bumgarner thing, dude. It's like a it's a show at this point. It there's no way I I get being angry. I get like the whole Max Scherzer psycho to talk about a guy we just talked about. I get the whole Max Scherzer psycho element. I understand that. But what Bumgarner does, dude, it's like and I hate throwing this word around, but it's like true boomer stuff, dude. It's like the guy Wilson Contreras literally missed a ball that he thought he should have drove 600 feet. It was 88 belt high middle. <laughs> like that's what you're laying in there for him. He misses. I think it was a foul ball straight back, or maybe mm-hmm. he like yanked it or something. And he just lets out like a ooh. And if you've ever played baseball, every single any hitter level, has felt that. Yeah. At at any level, you know that feeling, you know that reaction where it's like. I want that one back. I should have hit that ball 800 feet. Mm-hmm. He lets out that little reaction and Bumgarner's just cussing him out from the mound. Like, dude, shut up. Like this and that. And I'm like, dude, and you brought up a great point. You said you can't be talking to people like that. If you have zero juice, it's not even right. about having some juice. You right. have no, no juice. juice. Your ERA right now is at 10.26. It's over 10 and a quarter. Yeah. So you have Shout no to the, room to just be running your mouth anymore. Shout out to the fantasy group chat. Uh, Desan did a little research. 5-2-3 ERA in the 69 career starts with the D-backs. You haven't been good for a while. You haven't been good for a while. Will I challenge Mad Bum in a bar if if he bumps into me no i'm not messing with that guy mason saunders you mean that guy will absolutely tear you apart i i think he just like in the off season he just chops down trees and eats bark all all year i don't know but i'm sorry like you're just not that guy anymore and I'd be embarrassed if if I was just serving up 88. You got tattooed that inning. Gave up a ton of runs. Wilson Contreras comes back and says, I'm just glad I got in his head because it worked. Yeah, and and I was watching that video, and like I've, I've seen clips of Contreras before. Dude's just like a likable guy. Like I know he's yeah, been involved in some scuffles before, but like he just seems like a likable guy. It seems like... The Cardinals have like their fan base has really latched onto this guy, mm-hmm. despite coming over from Chicago. And like, I I just don't see why you're like running your mouth. Insane bat flip on that walk, by the way. Oh yeah, that's the that's the biggest pimp job of a Took walk I think I've ever seen in my life. Rotations that bat just flipped forever. I'm cool with it. It's fine. It's fine, but I don't know it. If you haven't been that guy for a while, it's, it's, you know, you're just, you're not successful anymore. And I don't think you get to, you get to talk the way you did 
when you were when you were doing your thing, when you were leading the NL in every pitching category. It's also another thing. I mean, like I, I think of like CC. He was like six six, six seven, just a big boy. Telling the Rays dugout to shut up. If you want somebody, come after me. Like, I'm cool with it. He reinvented himself. You know what I mean? He he was able to find success at that point, even though he didn't have the same juice. Madbum has no juice. It reminds me of like a Pedro Martinez to where he's just going to come after you and doesn't care. The difference, however, is that Pedro, even in his even in his later years, could still come at you with mid 90s stuff right up underneath your chin mm-hmm. and remind you who he is. Madison Bumgarner throws no a pitch, th- throws a pitch three inches off the plate. And the hitter like shakes his head and the guy just comes unglued. Right. It's like, give me some, like I'm all for the whole like F you mentality, but like have it be based on something legitimate. Don't just lose your cool at the first, like, it's not fun. Like it's not, it's not, not that he's trying to make it this way, but like, it's not cute. It's not funny. It's, it's like, it's just sad at this point, dude. It's like, yeah. Stop getting so upset over every little action that takes place when you're on the mound. Like not everybody's going to go up there. Sure. Like you, you had your run, but not every, don't expect everybody to go up there and like bow down to you before they get in the box. I mean, for pitch clock reasons, in addition to that, but like, nobody's going to just worship you. And also with the game the way it is now, not everybody's just going to go up there, step in the box, stand there like a, a a statue, take the three pitches, walk back to the dugout. Yeah. Like they're not robots, Madison. And you know that, especially at this point in the game, that's not going to change. That's we're not going to revert back to like this style of game that you're envisioning. We're just not there. And so like, I think it's time and, and as I mentioned, he gets DFA'd. I think it's time to maybe, as you said, maybe reinvent yourself a little bit. If somebody wants to roll the dice on you, which I, I mean, I'm sure somebody will pick him up, but at a 10.26, I don't know. Maybe it's time to dial it back a little bit. And I know that's a really hard ask because you haven't shown that, but yeah, it's, t- uh, I hope this isn't the last taste in our mouth that we have of Mad Bum. You know what I mean? I don't want this to be the last taste. I mean, if it is, it would be on brand. Yeah. I, that's the only way I can see it. Um, moving along here, another pitch in the NL West, making news for much, much better reasons. Clayton Kershaw snagging his 200th win on Tuesday night. Uh, I think my... My favorite stat from this from this outing, aside from the fact that he notched 200 wins, uh, he he moved into 22nd all time. Mm, that's cool on the strikeout list during this game. That's cool. I'm like, okay, that I mean, sometimes baseball just has a funny way of reminding you that it's a we love it's a magical numbers. game. Uh, He became the third Dodgers pitcher to reach 200 wins, joining Don Sutton and Don Drysdale. 
you're among an elite company there. Um, the 35 year old became the 117th pitcher to record 200 victories, uh, but says nobody has reached that territory more efficiently. Kurt, Clayton Kershaw's regular season winning percentage sits at 694, hmm. the highest among those with at least 200 wins. The next next ones on the list include Whitey Ford, Bob. Caruthers, Pedro Martinez, and Lefty Grove. Diced too. Like I like how he did it in style, man. And like the let letting out the scream, I was all about the vintage Kirsch, man. All about it. Seven innings, three hits, nine Ks, no walks. Give me that. Give me that all day. I'm a big fan. I know it's silly, and I was thinking about this after the game, because I, I stayed up and caught the end, just to make sure it was confirmed that he, he got the got the win. But I was like, man, I'm so glad when you and I were out there, we out saw at uh, Camelback for spring training, that we were able to catch him, because I'm like, I would hate to be in a situation to where I wouldn't see him before he retired. So like, at least I got that. At least I have that little nugget of saying I got the, I mean, spring training. Granted, but glad we glad we got that. Just wanted to end. Up, I want him to end on a high note. That's all I want. That's all I need. End on a high note. Do the Dodgers win a World Series this year? Probably not. Just end on a high note. Well, I mean, with the whole like luxury tax and all that, it sounds like if if he can just hold out till next year, like. If you can just go, if you can kind of wait this out, because they may do something, they may not. The odds of it aren't great. But, like, if you can just hold out to next year, I'm sure they're just going to blow the freaking lid off that thing and just start bringing in the names and creating themselves a team that they have been known by in terms of star power and all that over the last however many years. So I would love if he could just stick around, give him another one-year contract, and just... Let it, like you said, let him go out on a high note. One can hope. One, One can, can hope. hope. Who knows, though? Um, Let's see. Just a couple more things here, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, the Hunter Green extension signed a six-year, $53 million contract. The deal starts this year, 2023, and buys out two years of his free agency uh, with a $21 million seventh-year club option that includes a $2 million buyout. Says if the Reds pick up the option, Green would hit the open market after his age 29 season. And this is the largest deal the Reds have given to a player before he reaches arbitration. And what else is interesting is that prior to this extension, the Reds didn't have any salary guaranteed to players beyond this season, according to ESPN. Yeah, wasn't wasn't Ken Griffey like top three of their payroll? Still? Yeah, yeah, I think he's like still he's yeah. still there. He's still on the all yeah. the checkbooks. Crazy, but uh, look, I said it before. I'll say it again. Anthopolis changed baseball. He changed contracts. This all started in Atlanta, and this has become slowly the standard when you find young talent. 
I I like the move. I like Hunter Green. I hope the Velo stays. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. This is smart. And I love this move. Yeah, but keeps you competitive, keeps guys around, allows you to do other things with your roster. I'm I'm I like it. Spend money. Get your dudes. I'm- I'm going to need to see some other Braves-like contracts popping up here in the near future. Like, I know you don't have the same caliber of guys, but, like, I'm going to need those young, let's just lock down what we've got kind of thing. Like, I'm going to need to see Jonathan India, because I was reading something about it the other day. It said that he's kind of, like, looking around going, all these other young bucks are getting paid. Like, I'd like some security uh, or some reassurance. Did he win Rookie of the Year? He did, yeah. 2021? 2020? Yeah. Yeah, he won. Um, but yeah, I like the move, man. I mean, he he hasn't shown you that he can be like a bona fide ace by any stretch, but like still he's still working he's, on it. He's he's shown you that he's harnessing that, he's developing, and I mean, you know the the velocities there. So I like it, man. I like it. I know the Reds get the the butt end of a lot of jokes cross baseball, but that's just another one of those teams, man, where it's like they can with the with the right formula, they can be an exciting city. I mean, it, we just talked about it. The city loves the team. Oh yeah. Like that's a baseball that's a baseball town right there. For decades. For a long but, time they have been. But you just need some guys that people can latch on to. You're starting to see it develop a little bit in Pittsburgh. Take that Take that same kind of approach in Cincy. That's all I got to do. Um, got to run through the weekend series here real quick, but let me just uh, shed some light on some noteworthy performances from last week or so. The Braves, prior to Wednesday, had an eight-game eight game winning streak. The Rockies uh, currently have an eight-game losing streak that has not been snapped. Duh. Uh, the A's are three and sixteen to start the year. That winning percentage comes out to a buck fifty-eight. They've good. lost seven in a row. They're one and nine in their last ten, and they have a run differential of negative eighty-six. And if my math serves me correct, someone can check me on this. There's a couple of numbers floating around, but the one that I think is accurate is that they are on pace for a run differential of negative seven hundred and thirty-three. Do we know the record? They're three and sixteen. Like the no 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 like the worst run differential of all time in a season. Oh, love to do that. I uh, are we on? Are we officially on watch for the the worst team of all time for the twenty twenty three Oakland A's? Right, can we go ahead and just start this tracker? So it says I don't. I don't know if this is like major league history or just like forever all time it says the worst run differential was by the 1899 Cleveland spiders of the national league. It's negative 723. Ooh, need that. Who need allowed, it. who allowed 1,252 runs while only scoring 529. Oh, do you know their record? Oh, hold on. Sorry. I'm, I just kept reading in baseball's modern era since, since 1900, the 1932 Boston Red Sox have recorded the worst at negative 349. I, that doesn't seem right. Surely seems. somebody's passed negative 349. I don't know. I need it, though. It's getting there. 
I I think this will this could very well be the worst baseball team of all time. I hope so. I could get on board with it. Sure. Quite the exit out of Oakland. Give me yeah, just get uh who do you want out of there though? Tony Kemp. Let's get Tony Kemp out of there. Go find a Dude, job this, somewhere else. This guy, I think he's a rookie. The guy that just threw the other day is like pumping a hundred. That guy, it looks like he's they got something up his sleeve with him. Who's the who's the Japanese pitcher? I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about. I know, about, I know right? exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Poor choice there to to sign in Oakland. Yeah. I can't think of anybody else. Let's just get Let's just get Tony Kemp out of there. Go find somewhere to succeed elsewhere. Uh, and last note here, I want to give some love to Justin Steele, 3-0. Not getting much love out there in Chicago, 3-0. Got an ERA of 144, 24Ks, and a whip of uh, .88. And the only reason I know this is because uh, I saw him making some news on on the fantasy app and I wanted to snag him but naturally he's already been he's already been scooped up but this this dominance goes back to like last year like if you go back and look at his starts from like last year the the numbers were there too so just want to give some love to old Justin Steele cuz I I don't feel like he's been getting the recognition he deserves but um you want to run through our weekend series real quick yeah yeah all right, so series to keep an eye on this weekend. It's actually starting tonight. San Diego Padres rolling into Arizona. If you Fernando were to, if, Tass- t- if you Tatis. were to give a title, this is like a movie. This series. What's your title? For the Padres at the D-backs? Mm-hmm. Title I mean, this. Give me, give me a... Like you're trying to sell this, man. You want somebody to go to all three games. What's the name of it? All four games. It's a four-gamer. Four-game set. Perfect. I mean, you got to go with something along the lines of like the return. That's I mean, it's people have been waiting for Tatis Day. Mm-hmm. And it's finally here, baby. I even... Look at this. I'm even rocking the El Paso Chihuahuas. Don't ask me why I'm on board with Tatis, even though he got busted for PEDs, because I feel like I've confused. made my stance pretty clear about that. But I'm mm-hmm. it's just getting me excited, man. He's that kind of he's that kind of ball player. I don't know. Mentally, I guess I'm making some sort of exception for the rule here. I, I don't We've I, I can't explain already it. covered this. There are players that you can still enjoy watching, even though they broke the rules. We're not talking about them. We're not talking about Hall of Fame voting right now. We're not condoning it. No. We could still enjoy watching them, though. Did his time. If you're not a fan, you're not a fan. Fine. But I want to watch him play because he does stuff on the baseball field that most people can't do. The return. Game, game one. The return. Michael Waka going up against Ryan Nelson. Game two, Seth Lugo, Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen seems to have... Uh, he figured it out. Gotten things figured out. Yeah. Game three, making his season debut, Java Joe Musgrove going up against Merrill Kelly. Game three, that'll be a good one. Sunday, that'll I believe, s- yeah. 
Saturday night. Game mm. four will be Sunday. You Darvish versus Dre Jameson. Who do you got? I'm going to title my series. Something's got to give. I got the Cardinals and the Mariners, both eight and 11. Underwhelming start to the year for both of them. Um, but I think they're just, they're two playoff contenders, obviously. So something's got to give. It's, something's going to change this weekend, I think. Three games set. Steven Matt's going against George Kirby in game one, game two. Friend of the pod, Miles Michaelis going up against world beater Luis Castillo. And game three, Jack Flaherty against Chris Flexen. Gimme, gimme. Something's going to change here. I feel like a shift. I don't know if I'm going to call a sweep, but I'm going to feel like there's going to be this big moment that I could see the winning team of this series going on a little bit of like a like a stretch. You know what I mean? That's a good thought. Yeah, like, for sure. Let's ball out. We're playing some dudes. And it's going to get them rolling a little bit. I'm curious yeah. to see which way it goes. I'm yeah. leaning towards Mariners, though. Yeah, because, I mean, both teams are coming in. They they came into the season with high expectations. Yeah. And despite each team's record right now, like, there's something – I think you're right. I think I think there's something to, to come out of this for whoever pulls away the series. So that would be a good one to watch. Uh, speaking of the Mariners, closing the book here, one sentence thought on the Mariners' home run trident. Better than most. And it's on, it's on par, too. Like, it makes sense. On brand. Yeah, that was going to be my sentence. On yeah. brand. It just it, it just makes sense. It just Same makes thing sense. with the pirate's sword. Makes like, sense. I know it was brought to brought to my attention. Or I mean, I, I remembered this, but somebody reminded me. Uh, the A's did this first, but I'm like, couldn't care less about what the A's are doing. Never or heard of them. Have yeah. done at this point. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, last thought here before we get out of here. Your thoughts on the Aaron Judge Shohei Otani showdown from last night? Aaron Judge robbing a home run from Shohei Otani, then turns around same inning, I believe, goes deep. Yeah, yeah. Not the cleanest catch in the world, but it was pretty cool. Still athletic, you know. Second time he's robbed Otani, so I like it. And look, Aaron Judge can play center field. Get used to it. This dude can do it. He can do whatever he needs. He is an absolute superstar. So I like it. Otani came out quoted saying he enjoys playing in New York. Interesting. Dude, people are making way too much uh, out of some of these comments. Like, what are we doing? I think the uh, the Otani jersey being sold at the stadium didn't love it, but I do understand. I mean, when you're talking about like Japanese culture, Asian culture throughout New York, you know what I Wait, mean? Wait, they were selling Otani jerseys at the Yankee games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It had it had the uh like Otani on his back written in Japanese. Oh, that's cool. Still an Angels jersey, still had 17 on the back, but yeah. So it's just like I don't know. I 
I get what you're saying, but why not make more money? You know what I mean? Dude, is that there's a ton it, of Japanese people living in, in New York. So it's sure. Like, but to all these people freaking out about his comments, let me just let me just assure you of something. Shohei Otani might be the most polite player to ever step foot in a major league ballpark to ever play this game. But don't think for a second that his camp doesn't recognize the effect that having or that sharing one comment here, one comment there will do for oh, the yeah, bottom yeah, line yeah, yeah, yeah. when it comes time sure. to sign the extension, just to sign the contract. Bids. Just upping bids. That's all don't, that is. Don't be, don't be that naive, folks. It's genius. Don't be that naive. Very smart. He, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They've got a they've got a real gem there, and they're gonna make sure that that gem gets the full appreciation. Smart, he deserves. Uh, that's all I got. Unless you got anything else. No, all done. Tired. I'm gonna take a nap. It's nap time. Here at the gym, actually. It's been a minute. Tough. Everybody have a great weekend. We will see you guys on Monday. If you see a curveball, don't go chasing it. We love y'all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.